Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Energetics of Everything podcast. Today, we are kicking off the motivation movement, which is a series of embodied conversations. And we are going to have a solo episode with me, which is not quite a conversation, but a conversation with me, myself, and I can be quite interesting because there's many voices in my head. But anyways, I will be discussing fear motivation. I have fear motivation and fear motivation is the first color motivation because I am who I am. Of course, we're going in line order of lines one, two, three, four, five, and then six in this series as a fear motivated person. It's actually really interesting that I did it this way because of course I did it this way as a fear motivated person. I wanted all of the information. I wanted to bring a very six line embodiment And I wanted all of the motivation content to be really fresh in my mind and in my perspective before recording this. So I've actually recorded all of the conversations that you're going to listen to in the next couple of weeks already before sitting down to record this one, just so that it's fresh in my mind. And I feel like I've been able to discuss it and compare it and really see it from many different perspectives, which is very aligned for me. I have gate 17 three times in my chart, which is the gate of opinions. I have that full channel, that full channel. I have five activations in it, a ton of very prominent placements with that channel, but it's important for me to take into consideration many different perspectives before I form my opinion, because once I do form my opinion, it's pretty defined and it's very fixed. It takes a lot for me to change my opinion and to change my perspective. So of course I wanted to make sure that I had all of the information and was able to reflect back on all of the conversations that I've had over the past couple of weeks while recording this series for this conversation. So Let's dive into it. I'm just going to start with sharing a little bit about color and why specifically I chose motivation to be the series that we're doing right now. I find color really interesting because it's a deeper layer of human design and it's actually a point where we don't have access. We don't have awareness. It's described as a response that's built into the vehicle. If you have a response like this motivation, motivation isn't really quite strong enough of a word to describe the color that's happening here, to describe what color is. Color is underneath all of the lines. We have awareness of the lines. We have kind of access to these gates and these traits, and we can work with them at kind of a conscious and unconscious level. We can work with these in a more tangible way than we can with color. A lot of the conversations that you're going to hear, we talk about how do you use your motivation? How does it show up for you in the conversations? You'll see this a lot of working with your colors is deconditioning and just allowing yourself to let go of any judgments you have towards how you naturally operate. It's really just bringing awareness to this pattern, this motivation, this response that is built into your vehicle that you don't have control over. Reading about color, it talks a lot about how there's no choice. The beginning of working with color is letting go of choice, letting go and really just surrendering to this is who you are and this is how you operate. Color is something that shows up at a very, it's a very deep thing, but it shows up and it kind of literally colors how you see things, but I like tangible things. I like tangible examples. I like to think about color as and like within the system and within the vehicle, because that's the human design body graph and all of the things that we're talking about within the body graph. 
So if the body graph is a vehicle, I like to think of color as the windows. The color, the glass has a specific tint to it. It has a specific color to it. And so it's always going to literally color and filter the outside world from inside the vehicle. So you are inside the vehicle, you are this passenger. And so if the color of the window, let's say color one is the sphere motivation, it's colored with red. And so everything that you see outside, whether it's green, no matter what color it truly is, you get it through this reddish tint. The windows are something that it's built into. It's a response that's built into the vehicle that we don't have access to. Within the vehicle, you do not have the equipment to take it out, melt down the glass and change the color that's there. That's what we're looking at here. I think that's a very tangible example to show that the color in human design is very much like the color of glass. It's a filter. It's something that you see through and it colors everything that you experience. It's just there, but you don't have control over it. You don't have access to it. Really human design is a lot of just this deconditioning and just accepting who you naturally are and how you naturally operate. I love motivation because motivation is something that typically when discussed, motivation is talked about as how do you find the motivation? How do you keep the motivation? How do you create the motivation? It's funny, we are motivated to find motivation in this world. This is going to be a very different conversation because instead of trying to find it or trying to cultivate motivation or trying to get yourself excited about something, hype yourself up to hustle, we're talking about surrendering to your natural mechanics. We're talking about surrendering to the motivations that are actually there and allowing yourself to just step forward and move forward from a space of true self-centering and alignment. It's a very different conversation than what is typically talked about with motivation. So fear motivation, whatever lines you have, if you have any lines in your chart that are aligned one, you have within you line one color. You have this within pretty much everyone has all of the different motivations inside of them. And it's going to be really powerful for you to listen to all of the different podcast episodes that we discuss, as well as the main motivation. The main motivation is related to your profile. And so this is going to be the primary motivation in your life. It's going to be the loudest motivation. For me, fear motivation is genuinely just having a fear that you are unsafe. It deals with safety. A good thing to think about when it comes to color, the first two colors are discussing how do you survive? It's really focused on survival. The second two colors are focused on learning. And then the third two colors are focused on trying to find the essence of something and trying to find the spirit of something, the spirit behind just the knowledge, essentially. As a fear-motivated person, survival is something that is the foundation of my mechanics. It's a response that is built into my body and built into who I am that I cannot change. There is this natural fear of survival. Fear is the binary of separatist to communalist or communalist to separatist. Essentially, when you're experiencing fear, there's two things that you can do. You can decide I'm safer with a group. I'm safer in numbers. And you will search out resources. You will search out help. You will search for the people that are going to make you feel safe, the community that's going to make you feel safe. There's the belief that there's safety in numbers. And so that's going to be that communalist side of this fear motivation. I am a separatist combined with my gate 40 
<laughs> as my unconscious son, which is the gate of aloneness and my line two in my profile and my passive observer environment style. I really like being alone. My fear response and the healthy fear response for me is to realize that I am good on my own and I can take care of things on my own and I can withdraw to kind of figure it out on my own. The communalist belief is I'm safer with numbers and I need that community support. And every single time that I have been experiencing that fear and I've been motivated to take a next step, anytime I compromise or I let that fear make me feel like I don't have the ability to find the resources myself, I find myself in partnerships or groups or relationship dynamics or something that I don't actually need. It's interesting because it, that trajectory is really important, I believe, with the motivations. It works, and the motivation also has this spectrum. The fear is on the spectrum of fear to need. It's interesting that for me, when I'm with a community and when I am in that transference and I'm letting that fear make me feel like a victim and make me feel like I am not powerful enough to survive on my own, because this is a motivation about survival. When I don't feel like I can survive on my own and I don't trust myself to be able to survive on my own, I will search for people that I feel like I need, which is the transferred motivation here is need. I will look for the resources, the people or the experts to see if I need something else. And I'm looking for that to make me feel safe. That almost never makes me feel safe because when I'm in a community that it is not aligned, I find myself in the energy of being afraid that no one sees my needs and feeling this pressure that I need to be the one to communicate my needs. And I have to go out of my way to make sure that I'm meeting the needs of others. And it gets into this whole spiral. It's built into my chart in many places, but here specifically what's aligned for me is to trust that I can figure it out on my own. I don't need somebody telling me what to do. I can lead myself and I can lead others on my own. So this trajectory of a separatist is to really allow myself to forge my own path and to go my own direction instead of searching for resources or people or support that I think I need in order to get there, but really I don't need. We have this theme of survival that you're seeing. And so how this has shown up in business, I'd really like to describe how this has shown up in business. I have many examples. I've jumped into many investments because I get a big idea and I assume that this idea is bigger than me. I get kind of overwhelmed. I have 64, which is the gate of confusion, but I do not have that full channel. My head center is undefined. So when I'm in my undefined head center and I'm feeling that pressure and that mental overwhelm that says, this is a really big idea. Are you sure that you are the one who can make this into a reality? I will find myself searching for a new mentor or a new container. I will join a mastermind. I will hire a one-on-one -on -one coach with the intention of they have what I need. They have the guidance. They have the experience. They have the knowledge. They have the hindsight. They have the wisdom. Maybe it's that they have the systems in place, whatever it is. They have what I need in order to create the thing that I want to create. There's still this fear. There's this underlying fear of I'm not good enough, but that's not the healthy fear for me. When I search for that community and I search for those resources outside of me, I am disempowering myself. For some people, it's the opposite. Some people with a fear motivation, they may have the trajectory of a communalist. The communalist 
you are safer in numbers. You don't have to do it on your own. And it's actually more empowering when you let go of that burden and you recognize that you are safe with others. The fear motivation, it's not one size fits all. This is what I love so much about color is on one side, we have these two trajectories for fear. We have these two sides of fear, but on the other side, we have this fear to need binary as well. And need also has its two trajectories. We're seeing this spectrum and we're seeing that there's many different directions and many different connections behind what's motivating us. What's motivating you is going to be very specific, but wherever you're coming from, it's not wrong. Whatever's driving you is not wrong. It's just different. If we can really accept the different colors that people are looking at life through, it opens up a lot. It opens up a lot of acceptance. It makes you feel much more empowered for yourself. It helps you to not take things so personally. And of course, if you're a personal view, that's a different story, (laughs) but it's really beautiful to be able to see how different people see the world and be able to let go of any judgment and just see that that's correct for them. It may not be correct for you, but it can be correct for somebody else. I think that color as an entire concept and its entire topic really does a great job of showing us that It is not a one-size-fits-all process, but wherever you're coming from, you are not incorrect. There is no right or wrong. I think I've talked about the communalist to separatist binary within fear. I want to branch out into fear versus need. Fear versus need, we're looking at the solar plexus binary system here. And so it's going to kind of deal with feeling. It's going to have this cyclical energy. You're going to have really high and intense fear, and you might have lower intense fear. It's going on an emotional wave, essentially. With my experience with a defined emotional center, my fear will ride my tribal wave. It kind of ratchets up to a really intense point and then drops all the way down. Then goes up a little bit, down a little bit, up a lot, down a little bit more, and then gets that big peak and then will drop off again. It kind of goes up in little waves and then comes back down after it reaches that big wave. Fear is something that is present for me on a daily basis. A lot of my journey has been worrying that I have anxiety or judging myself for being at the level of business that I am and still having anxiety or still being afraid of certain things and still having this in the back of my head fear of everything could just crumble. (laughs) Everything could just fall apart, but that's my fear motivation. And so that's a color, that's a lens that I'm going to be seeing through forever. Instead of feeling like that's a bad thing or judging myself anytime I'm experiencing that, I can just accept that there is this part of me that's always going to be watching out for everything to crumble. That means that one, I'm probably really safe. And something that I have heard over and over and over again from clients, from my team, from just friends, I'm really good at creating a safe space. I'm very good at making other people feel safe because I am that separatist. I'm really good at making myself feel safe. I've been able to figure out how to satisfy my own needs and how to be self-reliant and how to really trust myself. As a separatist, that's aligned for me. I'm motivated that I'm not going to get something. I always studied better on my own than in study groups. If I was in a study group, that would be motivation for me to get my shit together before the study group (laughs) so that I could be in the study group and know that my needs were already met. So I could show up in that community, but feel safe within that community. For me, group situations, I have to make sure that my needs are met before I go into the group. And so making sure that I am in alignment with me before connecting with other people is amazing. This means that anybody else can learn 
from me how to feel safe. They will feel safe because I'm so aware and that fear motivation is so present for me. I'm so aware of, and it's just the color that I see through. I have been in community situations or in partnerships where I felt like my needs were not met. That is a fear of mine. That's something that feels very, very uncomfortable for me is to have the support, but not genuinely feel supported. And so I'm very aware of that. It's a color that I see that survival is very present. This was very present when I was crafting my team and really cultivating that team. There was this fear of what if they all leave? What if this person is so dissatisfied that they are going to leave? Because that's a fear of mine, I'm very attentive to the needs of other people. I'm very attentive to, and I like to think about how can I support them? How can I make sure that their needs are met? And a big part of that is just holding space for them to ask. As a separatist myself, I'm not necessarily designed to figure out exactly what you need and give it to you. What I can do, because that's going to be a lot of projecting on me and your needs may not be what my needs are. I can go into a situation and I can give you the space that I would have wanted in a community where I would have felt, so I can kind of project a little bit, but then I can give you what you actually need instead of giving you what I think you need. An unaligned example would be if I am projecting on this situation, if I was in a situation of, let's say one of my employees, if I was working the hours that she was working, if I was participating as much with the content creation, I was doing what she was doing on my team. Would I feel well compensated? I can go into what I would feel my value is, what I think my skills are. And I could create the story of if I put myself in that situation, I would feel dissatisfied or I may not feel happy. But that's not actually what that person is saying. I've gotten aware of projecting my fears on other people. And it's helped me to, instead of projecting my fears on other people, to recognize that I am a fear-motivated person. And that fear motivation is afraid of crumbling and collapsing and chaos. My ultimate fear is that one day my entire team is going to show up and say, we are all very dissatisfied. We hate working with you and we all want to leave right now. And then I am stuck with all of the chaos that is my entire business alone. That's my fear is I know that I can handle a lot on my own, but I want to make sure that I'm still safe and supported. So because that is the ultimate fear that's motivating my actions, I would rather be precautious and ask my team what they want, ask my team what they need, open the dialogue, open the communication. And if we have those open lines of communication, I feel safe because they are telling me what they need. And I know that I have created a safe environment for them to tell me what I need or what they need and what I need. They tell me what I need sometimes too. <laughs> Creating that environment, it's still something that as a separatist, I've created this community and it's never a one size fits all. We always have to find balance. It's never about always being a separatist. My chart is not about always being a separatist, always doing things on my own. It's about finding balance within that community and within that separation. That means finding a community that respects when I need my separation, finding a community that recognizes when I need to be my little hermit self and retreat a little bit, recognizing that in the community, my needs can be met. And then also within that community, understanding that everyone else can meet their needs as well. It's a lot of this need, fear, binary. Looking at fear in launches, I think fear shows up really heavily for me in launches because 
launching a new offer and launching a new product can be kind of scary just in general. For me, one of the most powerful things that I can do is just acknowledge my fear. Working with color, it's not about trying to get rid of that emotion. It's not about trying to get rid of that sensation. It's not about trying to move it. You don't have access to this. We are just recognizing it and seeing it. It's essentially just becoming aware that you're looking through a color of glass. (laughs) And if you have that awareness, if you know that you're staring through a red colored glass window, you can understand that the grass across the street is probably not that brown. It's probably a little bit more green. This gives you the ability to recognize what you are seeing and then also be able to judge what is actually there. I'll show you what I do with fear. With a fear motivation, let's say I'm launching a new offer and this has happened pretty much every single time I've launched a new offer. The fear comes up of what if I put all of this energy into this thing and absolutely nobody signs up because it's not what they actually wanted. It's not what they needed. I put in all of this effort and it was a waste of time. It was a waste of money. It was a waste of effort, all of the things. That's a big fear. When I'm launching almost every single time, at least once, take out a piece of paper and acknowledge everything that I'm afraid of, everything that I see that looks scary. Essentially what I'm doing is I am describing exactly what it looks like through the window. I'm not trying to say, not yet, I'm not trying to say, oh, it looks brown, which means the grass is probably actually green. I just know that I'm looking through the red glass. I'm just trying to label exactly what it looks like through the red glass, through the fear. Looking through the lens of fear and looking through that motivation and just seeing what's there, I can have the fear of what if I'm making promises that I can't deliver on in this container? What if it's not the right price point? What if the people that really need this can't afford it or something like that? What if the payment plans aren't what they need to be? What if the payment plans don't work for people? What if people default if I have an extended payment plan? What if the support coaches that I've hired decide halfway that they don't want to be a part of this container? All of these what ifs. What if nobody signs up and I have to tell all of these people that I've hired for support coach positions that I can't hire them? All of these things, I just label what I see. I label worst case scenario. I label what I see exactly the way that I'm seeing it. This will do two things. One is it gives me the clear picture of exactly what I'm starting from. And that allows me to integrate and use other tools, step into my design to just operate in alignment and not let the color throw me off, essentially not let what I'm seeing, not let that fear throw me off. It does another thing, which is bring up the emotions and brings up the physical sensations that I am feeling. Fear for me is very much an adrenaline response, if you can guess. It's butterflies in my stomach. My heart will start pounding. It feels like someone's putting pressure on my ears a little bit. I'm a little bit more focused. My breathing gets shallow and fast. All of these things happen. That physical response of fear. I like to work with the physical response of fear. I can't touch the motivation. I can't change the color of the glass, but I can physically process the sensations of fear. And I'm really good at physically processing the sensations of fear. One of my favorite resources is the Existential Kink book. It's an amazing read and it deals with this process. And it's a process that I use a lot for letting go of your judgment towards your negative shadows and accepting that you have them, accepting that you're kind of addicted to them a little bit as well, just like your body craves certain sensations and then learning how to give yourself access to that sensation 
without it being in a situation that could actually cause you harm. The fear motivation for me, fear is a sensation that excites my body. It's a sensation that I experience because I'm looking through the lens of fear. Every single thing that I am looking at is colored with this lens of fear. If everything that I'm looking at is colored with this lens of fear, my body has a craving for those chemicals, the chemicals that are associated with fear. So adrenaline, noradrenaline, some cortisol that's probably going to show up in there eventually. All of these different things that are happening in my body my body craves that. There is an addiction to that, which means that I need to experience fear and let myself feel those sensations in my body. This will show up in my business. It's very easy for for this to show up in my business. If I am not giving myself a space and a container, and this is really just energetic maintenance, and this is the nitty gritty stuff that I love to work with. So the energetic maintenance for me is giving myself containers and outlets to experience the physical sensations of fear, give my body what it's craving so that it doesn't need it and require it when it comes to my business. Because I don't want my business to be the thing that makes me afraid. I don't want my business to be the thing that causes me to go into a stress response. I don't want my business to be ups and downs, but my body is still craving that fear. My body still has that fear that needs to be processed. Processing the emotions, the existential kink process is amazing. I like to do this after stretching. So I will light a candle, burn some incense, maybe open a window, put on some good music, get into my body. I will stretch. I will move probably like 15, 20 minutes of just stretching, whatever is tender, moving, whatever feels like it needs to be moved. And then I will sit in either child's pose or I'll lay on my back with a hand on my chest, hand on my stomach. And I will visualize the terrible, terrible things that I'm afraid of. This can be, if I've written it down. So for a launch, I will write it down and then I will stretch And then I will read through that list and I will feel into those sensations. I give myself 15 to 20 minutes. I set a timer for a while. Most of the time now I will just tune into it, feel into it and check my phone (laughs) if I feel like I'm kind of coming out of it. And then I can either dive in deeper or come back to my more aware state of existence. With the process, you feel into the fear. So I'll think about all of the things that are terrible that are happening. Let's say I put myself a month out from now. This launch has happened. Nobody signs up. Two things. One, of course, there's going to be a lot of emotions and I will process those emotions, but I can handle those emotions because this is a risk that I'm willing to take. I know that it's colored through fear. So it looks like there is the potential for doom and failure here, but there's potential for doom and failure with literally everything. So it's no greater here than it is anywhere else. This is just the risk that I am willing to take. I can kind of ease that fear a little bit. There's some mental processing that happens where I will look at the different situations and mentally process it and say, in that situation, I will be okay. But when I'm really physically tuning into my body and processing the emotion, I like to just feel the fear. I like to just feel and tune into my heart racing. I'll focus on my breathing. I'll focus on the sensation. It's visualizing myself in that worst case scenario because my body doesn't know the difference. Our bodies and our subconscious minds do not know the difference between visualization and the present moment. So I'll visualize the things that I am scared of. I will feel into it. I will give myself those physical sensations. And what I realize is that fear is also the same sensation as turn on and physical excitement. I can recognize that fear is something that for me turns on my sacral center. 
as somebody whose sacral center is one defined two connected to their throat center and three in her conscious sun placement, it's a big deal for me. So as a manifesting generator, that turn on sensation, that fire in my stomach, it can either be fear and this pressure of, I need to do all of this stuff and I am not powerful enough to do it. Or it can be this fear motivation and stepping into that separatist and saying, I can trust myself. I can make this happen and I can use this fear to push me forward. So I know what I'm afraid of, but I also know that because I'm aware of these fears, I have what's necessary. I have the perspective. I have the awareness that's required to get done what needs to get done to avoid the bad things. One of the ways that I do that is I give myself the ability to feel the physical sensations and let my body release those fear chemicals. Usually through that process, I can recognize that this is a pleasurable sensation for me as well. Usually after the 15, 20 minutes of feeling into those fears and those sensations, I feel good. My body feels good. I might shake a little bit, but sensation wise, I feel really good after just processing that fear and giving myself the space to feel those physical sensations. This is being an emotional authority. This is being fear motivated. This is being a lot of things. It's a helpful process for pretty much everyone, I believe. But that is something that really helps me with moving the physical sensations of fear. The mental processing is kind of just choosing a couple of perspectives. So one of the perspectives and just kind of a core belief that I know and I choose to believe over and over and over again is that I will always be able to figure it out. I always have the resources. I always have the people. I always have what I need to get into or out of whatever situation I am in. It's recognizing that even if I'm in a situation where I'm very afraid, I will be able to handle myself. There's that, again, realigning with that separatist energy. I've got me. I've got me and I can trust me. Even if I'm in the bad situation, I'm realigning with how I need to see things, which is that I'm a separatist. I can trust myself. On my own, I have the resources, which means within myself, I always have the resources for everything. And so I believe that everyone has the resources that they need for whatever they are facing. I can recognize that I've got me. And if I have me and I trust me, I also have this kind of agreement with myself that I will not regret my decisions. I am practicing intuitive decision-making. I am learning to build my intuition and I am gaining that as a skill. It's not always going to be perfect. And sometimes that following my intuition may lead me to a lesson that I need to learn, or it may lead me to something that's going to help me sharpen my intuition or sharpen my self-trust or get stronger or whatever it is. There's always something there. I move forward with full self-confidence because I know that no matter what happens, I needed that. And I trust myself in every given situation. If I trust myself to make this decision now, I can trust that I'm not going to regret this decision later. And this also comes from the agreement with my previous self or previous versions of myself or my memory of past decisions. I don't allow myself to regret past decisions and I will do whatever I need to. I will change the story. I will look at the perspective. I will work through any resistance and any judgment and any regret that I may feel around past decisions, because I can always find the lining. I can always find the silver lining. I can always find the positive perspective. I can pretty much 
always find the lesson because there's always something there. Creating this relationship to myself where I trust me and I know that whatever decision I make, it's either going to turn out well or it's going to be one step closer to turning out well. I know that everything is temporary. And so whatever the result of this next step is, it's going to be temporary. So it might be temporarily really awesome and really fun. And it might be a fun celebration of the alignment and the work that I have done up to this point. And it might be another lesson that is also a celebration of me taking a big risk, putting myself in a situation that was far beyond my comfort zone, facing my fears, being very, very brave and learning something in the process. Those two perspectives are something that always helps kind of ground me and helps me see what I need to be seeing. It helps me feel more comfortable taking my next step with confidence and really creates that relationship of self-trust with myself because I don't regret past decisions. I think that that's a really healthy thing. I had to work on that a lot. I regretted a lot of the investments that I made early on in my business. And I realized that that was holding me back from investing more and investing in the things that I wanted to invest in. I had to recognize that if I'm going to move forward, then I also have to recognize that my previous decisions supported me in getting here. I've been really good at seeing the bright side in all of my decisions, no matter what they are. They're either a lesson or a step forward. <laughs> Let's see. What else do I want to say about the fear motivation? I don't judge myself when I'm afraid. That's a big thing that I've learned from this fear motivation is that fear is healthy for me and a healthy level of fear makes me very prepared and helps me help other people feel very prepared in my world. How this has shown up is launches. I'm terrified of launching and not being ready. And that's really the essence of a fear motivation is you're afraid that the foundation isn't solid. You're afraid the foundation isn't solid. The shadow side of this, I will find myself fearing that my foundation isn't solid because I've been so focused on the profiles and I've been diving into the channels and I've been really into the details of the human design charts, being asked simple questions like, can you explain how a projector would be in a situation like this have been really challenging for me because it's almost like opening up a file that I haven't opened up in a really long time. There was a fear for a while that was saying, you have to brush up on all of your basics. Your foundation isn't solid. If you can't easily explain a projector in this situation, then who are you to say that you're an expert on this topic? But then I realized that if I'm more focused on the channels right now, if I'm more focused on and what's fresher in my awareness is something else other than just looking at types in relationship to certain things, then that's okay. That's where I am right now. That's what I'm focused on. I don't have to remember everything. I have a ton of resources that I can always brush up on if I want to, but I don't need to constantly be studying and memorizing everything in every single human design book in order to share what I know about human design, in order to feel like I am an expert on the topic. I do not have to have everything memorized in order to share this information with other people. So there's a negative motivation is that fear can be, I don't have a solid enough foundation and it can lead to procrastination. It can lead to overstudying things in college, it showed up a lot. I would study PowerPoints. I would go through all of the chapters. And I was always afraid that there was something that I was missing. There was going to be some detail, something I didn't study, something I didn't memorize, something that I missed. 
that's pretty much what it is. That's the existence of a fear. Motivation is you're always afraid that there's something you're missing. This has shown up really positively in my programs and in my courses because I genuinely believe that human design is something that's designed to help us individualize things. And with human design, we're able to see what people need within a container. My fear motivation of the biggest fear that I have is that people come into a container and don't feel like their needs are met. Or like I did not prepare. My foundation was not solid. I did not give them what they needed. This motivating factor makes me overly prepared. This showed up in SSCC when I pre-educated people on (laughs) their learning styles. And then I created a ton of different resources to match each of the different learning styles. I shared about how you take in information, your profile. Certain people do well with flashcards and they want to memorize things. Certain people just want to listen to the videos. Certain people need to read it. Certain people need to hear it over and over again. Certain people need to challenge themselves and ask questions. We have resources for all of that within the containers. You can learn human design in whatever format you want, because I was afraid of somebody going through that course and getting overwhelmed with videos and feeling like, oh, well, if this was written down, I would have gotten this information. Or can you just write a book instead of this? I wanted that investment and I wanted that container to meet everybody's needs. Because that was a fear of mine, it motivated me to create a quiz and a Quizlet deck and a workbook and an interactive workbook and a written book and videos and slides, all of the things for all of that content so that everybody's needs were met. And it's turned it into an incredible, incredible program that I still sometimes fear isn't good enough. (laughs) But that fear is always going to be there. And so I can recognize that's the lens that I look at life through is fearing that the foundation is not solid, fearing that I missed something or that something is not prepared well enough. On the flip side of this, because one, yes, it is healthy for me to be aware and it's healthy for me to prepare for things so that I feel safe when I'm taking action. But everything is a binary and too much preparing also is an issue. If I prepare too much and I am too cautious and I'm too focused on the details, I procrastinate and I push off taking the action that I actually need to take. Working with your motivation, this is why it's color as a spectrum. We're moving on this color from fear to need. It's not you're in one or the other. It is a spectrum. It's finding balance within the spectrum that's really important. For me, finding balance between that fear and need is recognizing that one, fear is always going to be present. And I can focus on and make sure that I have the things that I need and I feel prepared, but I can also recognize that the fear is always going to be there, which means I'm never going to feel ready, which means I can prepare forever and ever and ever and ever and still never feel ready, which means that I can also just take the leap sometimes. Every single action that I take feels like a leap of faith, especially in my business. Most of the actions that I take feel like a leap of faith and they feel like they're outside of my comfort zone. The identity work that I've done here is being in that fear is good for my body. Being in that fear is what motivates me. Being in that fear, it's just how I see the world. It's just how I interact with life is being afraid of things. Also, being afraid makes me a brave person. If everything that I do, if I take action before I feel ready, For everything that I do, I'm constantly pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. I am constantly growing. I am constantly evolving. 
And that is something that I take pride in. I take pride in my ability to be afraid and take action anyways, in the leaps of faith that I have made in my life and in my business that comes from recognizing that fear is always going to be there. I experience fear on a daily basis. Every single time I see a white car in my rear view mirror, I'm afraid it's a cop and I'm afraid that I'm speeding. I'll check my speed, even though I know that I'm probably not speeding. (laughs) And it might not be a cop. It's probably not a cop, but I'm a very cautious driver because I'm afraid of not being a cautious driver or I'm afraid of getting in an accident. Just recognizing that that's going to be there. That's how my body works. And I can experience fear and I can work with this motivation and I can recognize it without it needing to throw off my nervous system and without it needing to dysregulate my cognitive function and my ability to function as a human, it does not have to dysregulate me to be in fear. For me, fear is a good thing. Fear means that I am taking the action that I need to take. Fear is something that I take seriously, but it's not something that I judge myself for. And it's not something that I try and get rid of. I will work with the feelings, I will work with the sensations, and I will regulate my nervous system to make sure that I'm experiencing healthy levels of fear. I will take up activities like motorcycle riding, (laughs) and I will go to theme parks and go on roller coasters, and I will give myself that fear and those sensations of adrenaline that I need so that I don't have to get too much of it in my business. But I will also recognize that there is a healthy level of risk-taking that's going to happen in my business. And there's a healthy level of pushing my comfort zone that's going to happen in my business no matter what. So I can do the identity work to not be afraid of my fear, not avoid it, not judge it, and let it be what it is so that I can see the world the way that I'm supposed to see the world. That's what I have on fear as a motivation. So I hope that this was a really fun conversation and a great introduction to the conversations that we are going to have over the next couple of weeks. We have guests for every single one of the other motivations. And so we have to kind of go back and forth. I ask them questions. We pull things out. We recognize patterns together. And this will just help you to see, you see how I look at everything through a lens of fear. And you get to compare and contrast this with me to all of the other types of motivation that exist in the human design, body graph, color, world system things. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening today. And I will talk to you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the motivation movement. If you are currently buzzing with inspiration and craving more depth, more support, more examples, and even more conversations similar to this, the sacred success business Academy is the perfect place for you. This is a 12 month high level embodiment experience designed to help you step into the next era of business as an aligned CEO and leader of your team. There's a certain group of people right now who are being called forward to be leaders in their chosen field, but creating the kind of widespread change that the world currently needs can feel overwhelming if you feel like you're in it alone. If you know that your mission is bigger than you, then it's time to release self-doubt, it's time to break down your walls, and it's time to call in the soulful support that your business is craving. This will allow you to amplify your impact and get this work out into the world where it's designed to be. 
If you're ready to dedicate a full year to creating alignment in your business, I encourage you to check out the Sacred Success Business Academy and then listen to the Aligned Decision-Making Podcast episode to tune into your inner authority and see if this embodiment experience is correct for you. 